Hey Rugby League fans, Katie Brown here, Dan Walsh and Chris Kennedy, CK, Royal NRL.com reporters. And uh, welcome, gents. It's Pleasure the off season, here. but... Allegedly. <laughs> I know, right? Fans always say, what do you do in the off season? I'm like, no. They're just picturing no a four-month holiday sitting by the pool and getting paid for not doing anything, I think, but uh, it's not really the case. Yeah, There's we so had that in the CBA agreement and it just didn't fly, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we keep going. There's so much to chat about. We had the recent test matches, there's still a couple more, plenty of player signings which we're going to get to first up, um, and player injuries as well. So, let's get to it. Uh, Dan, tell me, Latrell Mitchell's probably the hottest topic to talk about today. What's happening with his contract? Uh, hot would probably be an understatement there, Katie. Yeah. So it came to a head on Tuesday night. Uh, news broke that the Roosters had pulled their current uh, offer off the table for him, an extension beyond 2020. Uh, as I understand it, that was a two-year deal worth around $800,000 a year. And it's essentially been taken off the table because uh, the Chooks have grown tired of the, the public nature of his... basically. This contract saga has been going throughout the whole year. Yeah. Uh, there's been meetings with Canterbury that have become public. There's been uh, pretty open discussion about his worth. The Roosters feel as though they've been more than accommodating, and to, in in some eyes they have. But at the moment, uh, as I understand it, last night the Roosters were talking that they would be willing to release Latrell early. Uh, so they would be willing to send him off to another club in 2020, provided uh, a rival outfit was willing to pay enough of his salary for next year, which is it's a pretty incredible development, considering we're talking about a two-time Premiership winning 21-year-old with... Uh, he just played for the Kangaroos. He's arguably the most entertaining player in, in the game on his day. Uh, and it's huge. just come to a head very quickly. Yeah, said it. Yeah, huge is the word for it. CK, what's your bet that he's like leaves early? Well, I mean, <clears throat> once you get to the point of the club putting out a statement saying we've taken the yeah. contract off the table, and you know he's looking very likely to not be there, then that very much, you know, you, we've seen it before. That tends to accelerate movement. So I'm just wondering how much. Another club is going to get, you know, $800,000 plus a year worth of value out of him and how much of what the brilliance we've seen from him has come because of his time in the Roosters system and, um, the you know, the guys around him, Cronk and, and Teddy and everyone else and obviously Trent Robinson getting the best out of him. The, the criticism of him that won't go away is that he sort of drifts in and out of games and if you look at his stats, he kind of, he does go for 20 or 30 minutes without a carry and I'm just wondering if a, a struggling club like the Bulldogs would get the best possible mileage out of the, the limited space in their cap. Yeah, well, Dan, you have in your article that Bulldogs are kind of interested, but they're sort of wrapped for money right now, aren't they, until about, was it 2022? Uh, they could afford a million dollars a yeah, season? Yeah, so 2021 is when, and they've been quite public about that as well. Yeah. They have talked about, they've been linked to the Trebojevic brothers, Latrell for some time. Uh, so the Bulldogs, they will be more than willing to come to the party next year. As of where it stands at the moment, though, if a club were to come in and try and secure uh, Latrell for 2020, I think at the moment, rugby league phones are absolutely running off the hook. Uh, we've got the Tigers are an obvious one in terms of they've just been given salary cap dispensation for the retirement of Ben Maddalena and they've obviously just released Ryan Madison. So they have money at the moment. Uh, 
and South Sydney is another one that does shape up and makes makes sense, provided they get uh, the medical retirement uh, money, which is about a million dollars, approved for Sam Burgess. Uh, right. They're expecting a, a call on that from the NRL in the next month, and so at the moment, everyone, it's there's moves being made. Absolutely, uh, Penrith is another one that have plenty of money freed up at the moment. Clubs are sitting, waiting with their, with their power to dry, and it's still a, we're still in this holding pattern of waiting for the first domino to fall. But once it does, we might see a flurry of action, and Ooh. that can mean multiple moves in the space of 24, 48, 72 yeah. hours. We Wouldn't love be the first it. time. Mm. No. We love it. We Don't saw we? that two or three years job, ago yeah. when all the it was all the halfbacks were off contract, and everyone was sort of waiting, 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 and then once one went, they all sort of started to go, so it could be something similar, I guess. Absolutely. Okay, Gold Coast Titans. I'm always thinking of my Titans. Is there room up there? Uh, the poor old t- the Titans. Uh, they are one of the few clubs with little room to move at the moment, but they do have a couple of their stars in the sights of uh, AJ Brimson and Jai Arrow are obviously on the Titans' radar as well. Mm. Uh, sorry, Tigers, that is. Uh, but there's plenty of balls up in the air, and most clubs are waiting for someone to blink in this instance. Uh, and just on Souths and the Roosters as well, Dave Fafita has obviously been linked to them. Uh, I can tell you that Brisbane's uh, medical retirement for Matt Gillette, that's been approved now. So that gives them... Uh, I'm not sure... I, can't, I couldn't... I'd be guessing at the figures, but it will definitely give them more, more room to move in terms of retaining David. And actually, the other week when he suffered a fractured eye socket uh, in the junior ruse, he wasn't able to fly back to Brisbane. And Anthony Seabold was in Sydney, uh, back at his house on the Northern Beaches. He and Seeds actually drove back to Brisbane across the course of two days. And uh, who knows? I imagine his contract would have... Uh, his future would have come up at some point in that 14-hour uh, journey. No, never. <laughs> How good's that? That was timed perfectly. It did work out <laughs> Big drive to talk about all things future. There's plenty happening though. Like that's, I guess that's the latest with Latrell. We'll make sure we keep our eyes on NRL.com because I think some fans don't realise how things. You talk about that domino effect, and it's such a game. How clubs play and they're waiting. Like agents are waiting for someone to make that move because we've got to remember agents have so many players as well, um, and a lot of them are linked to different clubs but by that same one manager. So they're looking after a lot of different players. Oh, there's a thousand and one ways you can split it in terms of, he, you know, player X has played under coach Y. They have a relationship. Yeah. Uh, they fell out at one point. They don't have a relationship anymore. You can split the atoms any way you like. Uh, what it boils <laughs> down to, though, is Latrell is most clubs would seriously look at a player of Latrell's talent and why wouldn't you? Yeah, mm. that's exactly right. All right, I'll keep moving it on. Uh, $10 million Toronto Wolfpack. That's our next one. Sonny Bill Williams. Holy moly. Can we mm. talk about that deal, please? Well, I mean, it's obviously massive, massive money for the player. It would make him the highest paid active player in rugby league and I think including rugby union as well. I certainly don't know much about rugby union, but um, it's a massive the money deal. There, yeah. um, five million a Pardon year. Um, you're, <laughs> you're, probably, you're probably not going to get $5 million a year worth of value on the field out of any player full stop. But with someone like Sonny Bill and a, a fledgling club like Toronto that's just made the Super League, 
it's just massive what he's going to bring to them in terms of just the Roosters players still talk about the legacy that he left there, the professionalism, you know, talk to someone like Mitch Orbison and just the, the impact that he made on that club, you know, walked in and won a premiership first year and just helped develop all these other forwards into, you know, even better players and for Toronto to get something like that and just the, the Super League in general to have a marquee mm. player like that come straight from a, a World Cup with the All Blacks um, into you know, playing Super League week in, week out with Toronto, it's a, um, you know, it's a, it's a massive move just across the board. Yeah. It is. And the figures that are being thrown around, uh, $10 million is absolutely head-spinning. Uh, so that's, I don't believe that's $5 million one year, $5 million another mm. spread out across 12 monthly payments. There's uh, suggestions that Sonny will have uh, shares in the company, which is in... Toronto Wolfpack, the company itself, which is an incredible move in itself. Wow. That's pretty unprecedented in sport. There's been talk of a, a Netflix documentary being put together. That's been there's been talk with uh, you know the other side of uh, the entertainment business. There, it, it really is something wow. that's just beyond what rugby league's really seen before. And there are so the figures that are getting tossed around. There is a suggestion the, on the base of it. Uh, whatever Sonny's going to be paid, it's you're looking at what other Super League clubs can spend across their entire uh, roster. But due to the marquee player allowance over there, only three hundred thousand dollars will be included on the cap, and that puts a few noses out of joint. Mm. But I think for the most part, given it's the English game, it's football is so dominant over there. Rugby league needs everything it can get and then in an, in the North American market I think most people can see that this is just fantastic for rugby league and the other factor in it as well Sonny's very proud of his Samoan heritage he almost played for them at the 2013 World Cup when he was at the Roosters uh, he'll be if he's still going uh, I would be shocked if he doesn't turn out at the 2021 World Cup, World Cup uh, which will be in England uh, you're wow. looking at Samoa, you know, we've seen what Tonga's done with some of the big names. Samoa's got Marty Tapao on board. If they could add Sonny Bill, like that would just be fantastic. Yeah, mm. imagine that. We'll get to that because they were upset by the Fijians, weren't they, in the recent test, CK? They were. CK? We'll cover those results in a little bit, I think. Yeah. Let's talk a bit more about the footy news side of things. Um, we did touch on the retiring players, Sam Burgess, obviously having to rec- retire from that shoulder injury. But there's been a few and there's it's coming down to the back end of contracts. Can you explain that for us, Dan, just with why these players had to retire before a certain date? Uh, well, at the, it often just comes down to whether these guys can get through another pre-season. Matt, Matt Gillette said during his retirement press conference that uh, the shoulder injury he sustained in around round 23, I believe, against, uh. the, against Souths, he played on with it because he's Matt Gillette, he's a mm. tough bugger. He didn't take painkilling injections. He didn't even tell the Broncos staff that he had an issue until their season had wrapped up. Went and got scans, and he. The word was uh, from one of the Broncos medical staff told Sebes that if it was my son, I wouldn't let him play, wow. and that struck a chord across with Matt, with with Anthony Seabold, and with the entire Broncos organisation. And Matt said, "I couldn't get through a preseason." Uh, just given the state of it, it had just deteriorated to that point and it took what looked to be a pretty innocuous knock to just yeah. set it set it in motion and away it went. Uh, Sam Burgess, obviously, he had, he had the infection that, again, just deteriorated it and 
it's pretty tough news for these blokes to take. Uh, you know, to be have your career planned out for two, three years, and then being told medically, physically, your body is something you've relied on and you've done so much with for so long. To get yeah, the new it's it comes through pretty quickly, and it from a salary cap point of view, all these movements that are going on. Uh, calls have to be made uh, for the simple fact of the matter of uh, November 1 is the Rugby League financial year, so they, yeah. you know, at the start of the new one. So clubs want to have their ducks in a row and know where they can go and where they can move, and so calls do get made. And uh, yeah, like I said, Matt Gillette's has been approved. Ben Madalino's at the Tigers has also been been approved, yeah. and South's uh, hopeful of a de- of a decision one way or another on Sam, if, definitely by Christmas, if not first couple of weeks of December. Yeah, okay. So, again, fans, eyes peeled on NRL.com. Um, I will just ask you quickly, Ryan Madison, you've mentioned, did get the approval t- um, to be released by the Tigers. He was granted the release by the Tigers, yeah. So... That was oh, about 10 days or so ago now. Uh, Maddo has been over in Europe recently, yep. so negotiations uh, with a couple of parties have gone on you know, through his agent, as as they do. Players don't always have to be present for it. But now he's been back uh, since the start of this week. And at the start of the week, Parramatta uh, named five re-signings across the board before, uh, from that November 1 uh, rollover of the new year. And that, so that was at the start of the week, hoping to have a definitive answer from Maddo by the end of the week. There's a okay. three-year offer on the table. And as... Uh, from what I understand, inching closer towards a resolution there. Okay. You'd like to see him at the ALCK with your uh, proud yeah. Parramatta background? Well, they need a replacement for, for Manu Mau and they've mm. you know, got a bit of room to move, obviously, cap-wise because of, of Manu departing. Um, David Fafita would have been, obviously, the, probably the perfect like-for-like, like, but as we discussed earlier with, with Gillett going, it's looking unlikely. But, um, you know, they've got a few young edge forwards coming through. Murata Nukore, probably the... The top of the bunch, but he they... was one who did extend through to 2022 yeah. as well. Mm. So that's a good, a good move by for, Parramatta, for I believe. Yeah. yeah, and they've got you know David Gow's around for another year, who's probably migrating into an off-field welfare role. I think Takarangi yep. extended. Yeah, Brad's gone another year as well. Um, which so. he's been playing great footy for for the Eels and, and the Cooks, but um, Eels definitely in the you know in the hunt for a, a top tier guy who can play edge and someone like Maddo who can sort of slot into 5'8 if need be or, or play 13 if need be is um, it ticks a lot of boxes. And he'd be coming home as well. Well, yeah, he was junior. Ah, junior. Yeah. Yep. Before he went it. to the Roosters. Yeah. And that yeah. has been some of the discussion. It. It's a case of you would be coming home and <coughs> Maddo's very much, he likes the idea of it, keeps him in Sydney, knows the area, knows the club. Yeah, it's not a hard sell. Mm. Speaking of coming home, Jesse Ramian. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that one snuck through a little bit, to be honest. Mm. Uh, <laughs> came up early on Tuesday morning, so Melbourne Cup Day, off with a bang. <laughs> and, yeah, Jesse will report for training next week. Uh, the club hasn't officially announced it, but they have confirmed. Uh, they're waiting for Jesse to get their return to training. Uh, at the moment, I believe he's on holidays as well. But, yeah, so Jesse will be there for four years, starting in about a week's time, yeah. You beauty. Under John Morris again, who's coached him right through the juniors there. And from all all accounts down down at the Sharks, those young guys, your Bronson Cherries, I know Kyle Flanagan's now left to go to the Roosters, but a lot of these guys, they just can't speak highly enough of Bomber and the influence he's had over that next generation of Shark stars. And now Jesse Ramian's a part of it again. You could see that definitely in the results this year with those younger boys, particularly 
their men uh, mm. stepping up in games like uh, the Melbourne Storm game. You know, they mm. had mm. all those rookies and blew them off the park. So it was, we'll see what happens. I'm sure Bomb will be able to get the best out of Jesse Ramian. Uh, we've got to get to the test, but Kieran mm-hmm. Foran, what is the latest with his injury, Jens? Not good news again with the shoulder. Mm. He just can't get a good run. Uh, I was... Uh, it's it, you don't like to see it. Uh, a bloke who's been through so much and dragged himself through countless rehab, uh, some tough losses at the Dogs, some tough years, plenty of speculation, all the rest of it. Got himself on the park, pretty handy finish to the year. Got himself back into Kiwi colours for the first time since 2017, and the poor bloke last five minutes dislocated mm. shoulder. Uh, so that shoulder had surgery on it in 2016 when he was at Parramatta and it will also go under the knife, uh, could be as early as Thursday or okay. potentially next week depending just on how busy the doctor is and mm-hmm. so the nature of that surgery, uh, there is a reconstruction required but the scans could only show the ligament damage and so the fear is with Foz that there has also been rotator cuff damage and so when they open him up, they will actually do what's known as exploratory surgery and that'll check whether there's been anything extra to the rotator cuff. Uh, if that's the case, it could be extra time on the sidelines. At the moment, Canterbury is hoping for a best-case scenario of having Kieran back around May. and wow. So that's six months out. Yeah. Uh, from all accounts... Foran is adamant. There is been there is to be no talk of medical retirement. He will be back in. And to be fair, to be fair to him, he's saying I've been through worse and I've been, come back. And he's bang on. Yeah. Uh, he's he had he had injuries last year where we started talking of would this be medical retirement? Yeah. He knocked it knocked it out of the park. Got himself back and started playing some great footy. And so. Foran is targeting that May, early May return, uh, but it does hinge on this next round of surgery and just what they find. Okay. Very good. I like it. Thank you for your very detailed updates. I feel like I've learned a lot about how to uh, get shoulder surgery. Well, like we said, there's, uh, there's no off-season now, is there? No, it's there isn't. Not. And we've still got a couple more test matches. Let's get to it. Let's go all the way back yeah. to last month, the triple header at Wollongong, uh, where we saw Australia get all three wins in that triple header. CK, talk us through it. Well, I mean, how far back do you want to go? Should yeah, I know. <laughs> um, it's been a big uh, off-season, lots of internationals um, going on. The the triple header, um, we saw the junior kangaroos blow France away. Um, or the kangaroos A-team. Quote-unquote uh, junior, Australia, yeah. Australia, yeah. Um, I don't mind that idea. And the reason no, I like is it. because they look at that team of under-23s and just say... They're not like they're too good to be called the junior kangaroos. You've mm. got premiership winners, origin players, and yeah, it's a mm. second Australian team that they're I running like the with. Yeah. Well, junior yeah. kangaroos having been under twenties for so long, if you told Angus Crichton who's played two origin series, he's <laughs> exactly. twenty three that you're playing junior kangaroos. <laughs> it's a bit like, of a mock, um, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, am I really um, going to be free for that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they were they were fantastic. There was you know guys in the the senior kangaroos team that played later that night, like you know Payne Haas, um, who easily qualify. You know, age-wise for the the junior team who are in the the senior team, but guys like you know Angus Crichton and David Fafita who are probably not too far away from the senior team, and a few other guys coming through as well. Um, France under strength, you know, disagreements with the administration, not not the best team they could have sent, and they've they've tailed off in recent years. So that was a, a very heavy yeah. win to the the Aussies. Um, 
Jillaroos and the Ferns. That was a, a great contest. Um, again, we thought the Jillaroos might have a point to prove after the, the Nines and, and so it proved, but it was a um, that, you know, that was a good contest as well. Um, and the, the Kangaroos far too good for a disappointing New Zealand on that occasion. So that was the um, that was the triple header. Mm. That brings Fast us forward. Fast forward to um, straight to <laughs> one, last, two, skip a few. Straight to last, <laughs> and we're going to go to what, Tonga in Australia. Well, where just, do you want to start? Unbelievable words. Words fail me. Can't believe what I saw. People have been very keen to pull the, the knives out for for Daly, for for Latrell, for for Munster. Um, I think we just got to give credit to Tonga. That was a, a phenomenal performance. Um, Ben Murdoch Masila, who Dan, I think you're going to talk about in a little bit, was um, a, a revelation for, for Aussie fans who might not have realised just how good he's going at the moment. Michael Jennings, one of the best performances, mm. you know, back to his Kangaroos and, and New South Wales days. That it's sort of performance that would not look out of place in a, a World Cup final or a Grand Final. Um, Taumalolo, Taukiaho, Fanua Blake, um, all these guys just phenomenal. Will Hopawadi, really good at the back. Um, Katoni Staggs. Apparently playing halfback, and he was just on the field playing footy and, and doing a pretty good job of it. Tui Lola here, um, who's copped flack you know over recent years. He's had yeah. two really good weekends in a row, so happy for him. Um, Katoni brings that X factor. I mean, can he play anywhere on the park? I mean, probably not. Yeah, not I mean, he's front, we, right, it's a massive cliche in rugby league now to say someone's just a footy player. It gets thrown out all the time, but it probably is relevant to him, especially yeah. when he doesn't really have a, a set role like that so um yeah he enjoyed his his role as well and just the scenes you know when full-time finally hit everyone down on their haunches you know Tamalolo saying it was even more you know incredible a victory than the 2015 grand final um as far as performances go I think the Tongan fans as well yeah. like we're seeing shots 24 hours afterwards of, of traffic just <laughs> stopped oh, isn't it great uh, our colleague Zach Bailey also just right yeah. amongst it which you, yeah. you just love to see yeah <laughs> if you, if you were just, listening and you huge. haven't seen the scenes get on Twitter and just type in Matema um, Tonga or just Tonga Rugby League and look at the vision it is crazy or better yet just go on to Zach Bailey's Twitter I think He's got the videos up there. Absolutely. Um, or his Instagram, but... Yeah, Zach yeah. will take coffees for that show. Uh, yeah, I know, right? I love that. <laughs> uh, which brings it back to Sonny Bill. Like, this yeah. is mm. where Tonga has come in, what are we talking, two years? Mm. Yeah. Since Tom Alolo and Fafita made their those yeah. seismic choices to jump across. This is what these guys can do mm. when they, mm. you know, take a move and, yeah, develop, uh, make, make a decision with developing the game at heart. It's brilliant to see. They've made huge sacrifices. Um, you know, talk about you know Tonga constantly saying they want to be considered amongst the, the Tier 1 nations. You know, talk about the significance of the game. This is the first time Australia has lost to a new nation, as in someone they haven't lost to before since they first lost to France in 1951, I want to wow. say. So okay. in that time, they've only lost to um, France, Look. England, Great Britain and, and New Zealand. Okay. Um, so they've never lost prior to this game, never lost to Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, um, any of the, mm. you know, Wales. You're, a good, you're good for a good start, yeah, aren't you? I like to, like to, like to be prepared with a good start. <laughs> yes. um, but without wanting to let the air out of anyone's tyres, to then be considered as a Tier 1, it's not just the calibre of players you've got in your team now and the teams that you beat at the moment. It's about pathways, progression, you know, resources, um, player pools, all this sort of thing. So you've seen with someone like Australia in the last couple of years have lost Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk first and Billy Slater and you bring in Cherry Evans, Tedesco, Munster, like the, the refreshment of players is always 
it's a really high calibre. And I think if Tonga yeah. in the mm. next two years, not that they will, but if they were hypothetically to lose Fafita, you know, Tamalolo, you know, Jennings, a few of these guys, I think it would take them a long time to rebuild. Um, and you kind of need to to fill in those resources. Like if you if you want to be tier one, you can't just be good now. You've got to yep. be good got to keep consistently moving forward. So these, still... these nations know that as well. Um, mm. Katie, you'd know, having been to Fiji recently, mm. Brendan Coston, the Fijian coast, is very much talking about pathways and local development and bringing through that next generation of players to eventually you know, strengthen these nations beyond just the three or four stars that absolutely light it up and yeah. having... Yeah, plenty of options across the board and also just infrastructure around the game mm. in these places. Absolutely. Yeah, and just um, quickly, injury updates from that game, Jake Dvojevic and Adam Fenua-Blake, they both got shoulder surgery, that right, Dan? Yeah, yeah, so it wasn't any injury out of the test matches. Uh, as I understand it, uh, in a tale of just manly season, Jake and Adam have both pushed through Wow. Uh, shoulder issues for some time uh, yeah. and they're not the only ones across the no. like plenty of players are carrying mm. all sorts of injuries but the knock on effect is both boys went under the knife on Tuesday and today Wednesday is Adam's actual birthday so he's oh. probably a bit groggy today <laughs> but uh, both surgeries went well and uh, the thing is though they will both be out for the entire summer and at this stage, likely round one, if not round two as well. So yeah. tough one for Manly, basically starting 2020 in the way they finished 2019 with uh, last man standing. But given they've got Des Hasler there, you mm. wouldn't back them to just keep going, would you? No. no he, <laughs> he, where there's a will, there's a way for exactly, Des Hasler. Exactly. Um, all right, let's move things on, CK. What's next? Um, we haven't talked about the uh, New Zealand-Great Britain game, which mm. uh, also happened on the weekend. New Zealand ended up getting away with it. It was a very, um, I guess, a bit scrappy, particularly around the ruck, um, you know, to be without wanting to, to criticise the, the spectacle, I think it was a pretty good advertisement for why we do have two refs on the field these days, just the way the games develops, the amount of wrestle, the, the amount of mm. niggle in the ruck. If you only have one ref trying to do everything and you don't have that second ref to police the ruck, it can break down like we saw a few times and during that Michael game. Michael McGuire said as much afterwards. He yeah. said it was an endorsement for the two ref system. And, um, yeah, it's very hard to, to argue with him. Um, so I think that's you know probably one of the key takeouts Great Britain, I think, were fairly disappointing. I'm not sure Wayne Bennett's PR in the Northern Hemisphere is uh, going up too much at the moment. Um, he doesn't seem too concerned, but they probably need to sort... You know, they, they've probably got the player pool that they've got for the, the World Cup pretty much intact. I don't see a lot of new talent coming through, so they've got to work with the players that they've got, work out who the best, you know, 17 or 18 are from the, the 25 or 28 that are in contention and just work on their their play style and how they want to attack and how they want to, you know, play footy because they weren't throwing too much at the, the Kiwis, who, to their credit, were extremely um, resilient in defence. Yeah, it's... It's surprising in one sense, given that you've got guys like Josh Hodgson, Elliot Whitehead, John Bateman all combining mm. at NRL level for Canberra, but I guess those club combinations are also there from the Super League in previous years, but they just they do look a step behind mm. Australia and New Zealand, and even Tonga as well, who yeah. did knock them off, didn't they? Well, so. exactly. Um, and yeah, Hodgson hasn't really looked quite the same player for, for Great Britain as he's looked for Canberra mm. this year. It's a, long, it's a long year, of course. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think he's, you know, he hasn't forgotten how to play in the last few weeks. It's just a case of the, the combinations. So it'll be interesting to see a rematch against 
basically the exact same side um, this weekend, whether they can turn it around. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Fiji and Samoa. Samoa stacked with, yeah. I guess, big names and got a big shake-up. Well, we um, we did a, a podcast similar to this last week. I think it was Kenny Scott and, and Craig Wing, and we all said Samoa easily. Like Fiji, like yeah, they got some good players, but they got some um, you know some reserve graders and some local lads, and they just don't look as strong mm. as Samoa across the board. And didn't even have Mike Sevo. Mike Sevo, he's back this weekend from <laughs> yes. a, a one-game suspension. Ooh, he picked up. For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he comes in for Isaac Lume Lume, who okay. um, went from the Sharks to the Storm this year. Hasn't played a lot of first grade. He's a you know promising young player, but bringing in Mm. Mike Acevo for, for Isaac is, you know, you have to say it's an upgrade. And Isn't it incredible, though, this time last year you would have said the same about Mike Acevo? Yeah. He, hasn't play, he hadn't played yeah. a game of first grade yeah. and yet he's one of the most bankable stars now. Mm. And so he's been around true. for a People bit turn too. out for him, yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, Penrith didn't want him. Parrot took a chance and look what he's done. And, um, yeah, he'll be playing, I would think, on the left outside of Viliami Kikau, who was <laughs> absolutely unstoppable in that game. Two tries of his own, <laughs> offloading at will, setting them up. Um, absolutely just blew some more off the park early and, uh, and then went on with it. I think I was... Looking through some numbers, Katie, I know you like your stats when I bring the stats stats. on. So it was um, Fiji's biggest ever win against any either Tier 1 or Pacifica nation other than they've had a a few big wins over the Cook Islands. So you take those out, it's their biggest ever win against any of, you know, PNG or Samoa Tonga, plus obviously the the Tier 1s. I know they beat New Zealand the last World Cup in a low scorer, but their biggest ever win against any of those credentialed oppositions. So good signs for Fiji. Thank you, love it. Yeah, it's fantastic. And like Dan and you you both mentioned, we just love seeing that international game grow, and particularly when these NRL players, or when they're not NRL players, and yeah. we unearth the next Marcus Evo. You know, who knows in, who's in mm. that? Or even team. someone like young Brandon Wakeham who's in the Bulldogs system. I know he's played mm. a bit of NRL yeah. now, but um, he's, <clears throat> he's been fantastic for Fiji when he's had his chances as well. Yeah, and also Tino, your mate Tino. You did a fantastic <laughs> piece on him. Young Tino. He, he is a fantastic <laughs> fella. really long speak. last name. Yeah, and I told him I would know how to say his last name by now. And uh, Falmas... And that is perfect because you were commentating. I did. I was going to say, CK's had practice at this. I did make yeah. my commentary debut. Thank you. Yes. The, um, I worked very hard on the French pronunciations. My uh, my mother-in-law speaks fluent French, so I had a phone call with her the night before with the team list. I felt like sort of a, a five-year-old in primary school going to like language lessons. But um, so this it. is what we do See, in offseason. <laughs> Branch yeah. out. We try pronunciations. Exactly. We try new languages. Yeah. We talk to our mother-in-laws. Yeah, <laughs> yes. it's huge. We're, it's we're, just, we're very yeah. proud of you from the yeah. yeah. research and preparation wherever yeah. we can. Yes, but back. Sorry, back and to so Tino. On Tino, uh, my favourite thing about him is he's rocking some Katie Brown bleach blonde hair at the moment. Not that you're bleached. Mm. He's but now shaved it he's off. He's shaved yeah, it off. Yes, but when well, you did you write your article a couple yeah, of weeks yeah, back, he did. Well, that was his whole thing. He was. It was shave or die, and he said, "No, man, I can't shave my hair." So he went and got it dyed bleach yeah. blonde for about a hundred bucks he said which uh it wasn't a hell of a lot of hair either so i think he might have been fleeced but uh, <laughs> that was for leaving a dish in the uh, on the table down at storm so he won't be doing that again and um okay. there is just a bit going on with tino and his future at the moment as well so if you haven't seen the kid play he's only got six games or so of first grade but uh he's 197 centimeters tall god about 190 he's 
big as well, just as wide. Um, fast, good hands. He's a player of the future. Melbourne know this as well. They've uh, they've gone hard at him to try and keep him on a three-year deal. He's contracted for 2020, but he because since November 1 has passed, he is attracting some serious interest. Mm. Uh, the Warriors are one club that's very keen on him. And he has a decent decision to make, the young fella, because he's got a young family. He had a bub this year. Uh, he shares a house with Marion Seve, his Melbourne teammate, and his partner, his baby, and two of his siblings as, w- siblings as well. So it's a fun share house down there in Melbourne. Yeah. But with a young family and the chance to provide for them with, mm. in the form of big offers coming in from elsewhere... Uh, yeah, Tino does have a decision on his future to make and I believe they want to get that done sooner rather than later to take all that guesswork out of you know, out of his summer and his next pre-season. Yeah, you don't mm. hear players talk ever badly about um, being in that storm system, but it's a business mm. and he has a family, so it'll be interesting to see what decision he makes mm. there. The other thing I know about Tino is he's going to need a second wardrobe for all his jerseys at the rate he's going. So he went <laughs> yes. from the Melbourne Storm final series to the Australian Prime Minister's 13 over in Fiji, mm-hmm. back to Samoa World Cup 9's team, into the Australian Junior Kangaroos Australia A team against France, back into Samoa for the test side. So yeah. he's going to probably have to make some decisions around his rep future as well. That's a, that's a busy old month. Yeah. And I don't yeah. even know if he's got to keep one of his Aussie jerseys because... Oh. They, all swapping he, they at the swapped, end. <laughs> and then for the uh, kangaroos, they also swapped. I'll have to ask him that. Don't actually. think it'll be the last rep jerseys you see him he in, though. Might so get a he few might, more yeah, in he'll way, have quite yeah. a collection the way he's going. Yeah. I don't have a good stat, but I do have a fun fact for the fans. Even better. He grew up just outside of Gympie in a town of 1000, and he used to go to the rodeos and um, go on the potty calves. Used to buckle them, like, used <laughs> really? to ride them. Yeah, yeah. Tommy, um, he cried the first time because he fell off straight away. and... He um, chucked a dunger, yeah, but he said he loved it. <laughs> so there you go. That I'm is like, a fun from, fact. Yeah, there you go, the, the Tino files. Yeah. <laughs> Look out, Tino. And we'll learn how to say his name. So. <laughs> no, no. Fasul Malawi. Fasul Malawi. There we go, Tino Fasul Malawi. Say that. Ten times and you'll remember it. Okay, previews and then we're out. Um, this weekend we've got Fiji, PNG and uh, New Zealand and Great Britain. Well, yes, I, I know I tipped Samoa to be far too good for Fiji last week, but mm. now that what I've seen from them and as much as I'd love to see PNG put in a, a big fight, I think Fiji will be too powerful. Hopefully the um, the Papua New Guineans keep it close, but I'm a bit worried about yeah. the firepower in that Fiji side, so I'm tipping them to get it done um, pretty handily. And the rematch between the Kiwis and Great Britain, um, wouldn't be surprised if it's fairly similar, fairly low scoring, and maybe New Zealand to just get it done, especially with Sean Johnson and Brandon Smith back. Ooh, um, okay. Johnson replacing the injured foreign and, and Smith back from a one-week disciplinary uh, it's very Michael Maguire to say someone's failed to yeah, meet team yeah failed standards. to meet team standards uh, yeah we'll make some calls and see what actually <laughs> went on there uh, with PNG though just nice uh, a name at the back there Alex Johnson turning out for the first yeah. time yeah it's his um, so he's his grandmother has uh, was born in Papua New Guinea uh, before moving to Australia he's obviously got um, you know various allegiances he's played for the Indigenous All Stars um, by his Indigenous heritage but does have um, Papua New Guinea heritage as well. It'll be his second ever test match, having played once for the Kangaroos in 2015, um, and obviously his first for the Kumuls. So great news for them to have someone of his standing, calibre, professionalism, coming
coming in uh, to play fullback. Mm. Yeah. And um, just for the lines as well, poor old Ryan Hall can't take a trick. Yeah. Brought out here uh, yeah. with the Roosters at the start of the year. He's uh, he suffered a dislocated kneecap halfway through it. Got himself back on the back on the paddock, and unfortunately, uh, in last week's game, dislocated it again. Oh. So that'll set his preseason back. Uh, but he is back in Bondi, recovering now. Yeah, that's a bummer for him because I think he'd be really looking forward mm. to make a bit of a. Um, a dint in the mm. rugby league season next mm, year. Absolutely. Oh, when he a, came over, he was on the back. He's a lovely well. fella. Yeah. Terrific Always fella. got the time of day. So, yeah, yeah, it'd be nice to see him stay on the field mm. for yeah, yeah extended period. Mm. Terrific well, player as well. People have sort of been, mm. you know, it's been a bit of a, a trend of English backs coming here and not doing as well as the forwards, and we thought he might be the one to buck the trend. Spent most of his career as one of the best wingers on the planet, and I think he was just warming up for the for the Roosters. He was trucking up, you mm. know, 200 metres a game. Um, then, obviously, BMOS. And, and Tupo finished the season. He picked up another injury. So hopefully we see a bit more of him in the NRL next year. Hopefully. Um, if you want to catch that action, guys and girls, it is uh, it is on Fox Gem KO Live Pass and live streamed on NRL.com, actually. That's all, all you can get tickets and go to the game live if you're over in New Zealand, Christchurch. Um, so they should be that should be a pretty nice double header actually. And the last one that rounds out the season before we actually have no football but still football news will be PNG in Great Britain, 16th of November at Port Moresby over in Papua New Guinea. And that's us. So hopefully everybody's up to date. Thanks yeah. so much, gents. Very Thanks, informative CK. podcast. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. Um, do you got Things tips? Things will probably change in the next 24 hours as well. Time this for another true. podcast. Yeah. We should date this. It's the 6th of November <laughs> at 1.45 p.m. Happy Hump Day. We're over and out. See ya. Cheers.